Well, good morning, Real Hope. Good to see all you guys here this morning. Beautiful weather today outside. Our last outdoor gathering of the year as we get ready to enter into fall and then the dreaded Wisconsin winter. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Landon Flick, and I serve on staff here as our Youth and Connections Director. Uh, if you've never worshipped with us before, this is not nor normally where we are. We're normally right inside. Uh, we would love for you to fill out a connection card, though, if you're new, if you've never connected with us here. You can do that by picking up a connection card at the info desk right over there uh, at the green uh, tablecloth. And uh, it'd be a great thing to get you connected to our church body, figure out ways to get you plugged into serving opportunities, groups, and uh, build you some relationships here at Real Hope. So that'd be a good thing for you to do. Also, we believe that the Bible is super important. And uh, since we don't have screens today, we believe that the Bible is important to have open in front of us. And uh, you can pick up a Bible as a free gift to you right over there at the info desk as well if you don't have one. Also this morning, you're going to want a song book to have open in front of you as we sing uh, praises to God. So if you don't have a song book yet, if you haven't been given one of those, you can pick them up over there at the info desk as well. Um, also today, just uh, actually remember to give those back after service. Uh, you can purchase uh, a songbook if you would like for five dollars but those have the white covers the ones that you have today have the green covers um, the we also have lunch today that's provided after the service it's pizza so if you uh, want to stay we have plenty of food for everyone to stay and uh, enjoy a pizza lunch please join us in that as well also a few announcements of things that are coming up uh, we have a men's and women's event two separate events uh, that are coming up later this month or uh, early next month, so be sure to look in your bulletin for that information about the men's and women's events. Also, the CareNet bottles uh, for the Pregnancy Center are due today. You can drop those off right over there at the info desk as well, and uh, that money will be picked up this week. Um, also, wanted to remind you that good job, everybody. You're here at 1030. This is our first time of being together at 1030, so give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, good job. Uh, but we're going to continue with that time throughout the fall and winter. So 10.30 next week, and we also have Sunday school, which starts next week at 9.15. So Sunday school for all ages, from the little ones all the way up until the adults. So if you haven't registered your student for Sunday school yet, you can do that on our church website or on our church app. And uh, that is due today so that they can plan ahead for next week and uh, plan for all your little ones. Also adults, if you want to be a part of the adult Sunday school class, we will be having an adult Sunday school class uh, at the same time. 915. We're going to be going through a book together. Uh, the books are free, but we do ask that you would give $5 for the study guides, and you can pick those up during the Sunday school class next week whenever those will be passed out to those who come. Um, so looking forward to Sunday school starting up next week and uh, our Sunday school time for students as well. Um, would you please stand? And before we're called to worship this morning from God's Word, we just want to take a minute to reflect and remember uh, all that has happened to our country 20 years ago uh, yesterday and uh, the tragedy of 9-11. And we really want to honor and thank all those who um, give, their, give their lives and give their service to our country, whether police, fire, EMS, or military. And today we also want to honor uh, one of our own church family, a, uh, a Marine uh, who gave his life a year ago tomorrow, and uh, as Ryan Nelson. And as we grieve with the Nelson family uh, upon the year of remembering uh, since Ryan lost his life. We, we just want to honor him and thank him for his service for our country as well. Would you please join me in a moment of silence?
we are going to continue the theme of remembering as we are called to worship from God's word in Psalm 77, 11 through 15. And let's just remember and meditate on all that God has done for us. It says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. With your arm, you with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, you are indeed the God who works wonders. You are always working out your plan, though we may not see or understand what you're doing. So this morning we confess our tendency to stop trusting you, to rely on our own limited understanding. And now we take time to remember and to sing of what you have done and what you're able to do, to ponder your mighty deeds and wonders. As we remember your faithfulness in the past, may we leave here with a renewed trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we're going to sing together. Um, our first song is Graves into Gardens on page 30. So if you could turn there in your songbooks, we will sing together. the world 
Our God. Let's just continue to sing of what God can do of his might and strength this morning.
Amen. We serve a great God, do we not? Okay, this morning, our scripture readings contain some healthy doses of conviction. Reminders that when we grow impatient and second-guess the omniscient God, we show foolish arrogance and a lack of humility before his perfect wisdom. After a two-month-long job search and with my dad hospitalized now for one month fighting COVID, I've personally questioned plenty of late. But I find peace in the trusting surrender to our God. To start with Isaiah 40, and we'll be reading verses 13 to 15. Who has measured the spirit of the Lord, or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult, and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket, and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlands like fine dust. We continue in Romans 11, verses 33 to 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Pray with me, please. Father God, we thank you for your word. At times it brings comfort. At time, it brings correction. I thank you that these passages correct me when I begin to think that I could do things better, when my impatience turns into impertinence. Lord, I pray that we all would be reminded that your way, your thoughts are higher than our own, and that is for a purpose, Lord. It is because your thoughts and your ways are always perfect. Lord, you are not slack concerning your promises as some people count slackness. You are faithful to each and every one. Remind us that your timetable, not our own, and your means are what need to be and not our own. Lord, we surrender that today and know that everything you do is done well. It is done perfectly and it is done for the best. It's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Turn to page 63, Only a Holy God. Crazy. 
what other name, Father, could work all these wonders? Only a holy God. You make kings bow down. You always win the battle. You are clothed in beauty and majesty, and we worship you here together this morning. May we meditate on your power and love and holiness every day. May we worship you more fully every day. Our lives and our worship are yours alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can take a seat. Good morning. As many of you know, this is a time in our worship gathering where we take a moment to focus on God's kingdom. That should be our whole life focus as believers, to be kingdom citizens and to pray that his kingdom would, would come, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And um, one of the ways that we often do that is hearing from a missionary um, or missions partner. Um, in this case today, I'm going to go ahead and invite Pastor Gio to come on up, Giovanni. Um, he is a missions partner, I would say. He's a pastor in Guatemala that we partner with, and thankful to have him here this with, uh, with us this morning, as well as his wife, M Magali, and his grandson, Fabio. So make sure, especially if you've been able to get to know them in the past, make sure you say hello. They'll be here through the afternoon, our fellowship time. But we just want to take a few moments this morning just to, just to visit with him, um, to hear a brief update from him and to, to pray for him and his ministry. Thank you for being with us. What a blessing. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for giving us the chance to be here. We praise God. Um, just tell us briefly about how you came to Christ and how you serve in full-time ministry, especially for, you know, we have many people that are new in our church that haven't been here when you've been here in the past, so just so they can begin to get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I uh, was born in a family with no religion. Uh, fortunately, my both parents, they were alcoholic. So in our house, never talk about God. Not Catholic, not Christian, nothing. Uh, my mom uh, maybe visit some churches when they got, was invited. My, my dad never. But when I was seven years old, uh, a cousin of my brother came to Guatemala City, where we, we are from, and he got to stay for three months in our house because he was sick. And every night he got to the church. And because we, we did everything we want as kids, we grow on the streets, you know. I don't like to say we grow, <laughs> but uh, uh, we live on the streets all the time. I asked him if I can go with him to the church. And two days after I went the first time was the uh, Bible, uh, biblical Bible school. And um, it was a great time for me as a kid. It's the first time I heard about Jesus, the first time I heard about his sacrifice. And I uh, got a great moment in the presence of the Lord when I was seven years old. That's the way how I came, Christian. Thank you. Um, what What is the main focus of your of your ministry, and what are the main challenges right now as well? Thank you. Uh, we are focused on preach the gospel, mainly. Uh, we we understand that is the best thing that we got to do, and the most important thing for the people to hear. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He is the only Savior we have in this world, and 
apart of him, there is no hope for the people. And um, we also are doing our best to help the people to have another chance of life. Because in the area where we live, some of you have been with us. Uh, it's hard for the people to get jobs. It's hard for the people to, to success. So we are also focused and give them education and try to bring opportunities to grow as people and have a best future for them. Yes, and please, please tell us a little bit more about the, the spiritual needs of the people that you minister to and the, their physical needs as well. Yeah, uh, if you go to Guatemala, you will find that people will tell you they believe in Jesus. If you come to ask anyone and you ask, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you think he is powerful? Yes. And Jesus, Jesus is the best. The problem is when you go deep and try to understand what they believe about Jesus. Because they say Jesus is the Lord, yeah, because I want this from him. Or because I, I think Jesus is the Lord, but there are also other ways. Or there are also many ways to, to be in God. So the main, the main need is to be clarified that Jesus is God. And Jesus came to save us. And, as, and again, as I said before, is the only way to get in heaven. So the big need for us is to clarify you know, we are a Mayan country, and uh, because we have this influence for the Catholic Church, many people from Mayan didn't abandon their beliefs in their gods. So right now we have a big syncretism where they mix the Mayan beliefs and also the Christian beliefs. And it's very important for us to go deep there and explain what the Bible says. Thank you. So encouraging to hear your focus on the gospel and, oh, yes. and salvation being in Christ alone. We do know, of course, that meeting people's physical needs does uh, help them understand and to receive the good news. Tell us a little bit about the, the physical needs, too. Um, I Firstly, I want to say thank you for all your prayers and also for your donations. Uh, last month uh, here in the United States and around the world, as you know, the pandemic was so hard and especially for our people because uh, they don't have uh, opportunity to have uh, savings. So they worked for the day and everything was closed. So they didn't have chances to get something to eat. So the, our church with your donations and also with donations from Minnesota had a chance to bring food for the people, for the kids. Because we, we live in areas where people eat only once a day. So it's very hard for them to receive support, not from the government, not from anyone, only I say from God, through us and because your support. So thank you very much for everything you do to help us. Thank you so much. Are there other ways that we can be involved in your ministry, especially as you'll be soon returning back to Guatemala? Yes, um, thank you. Uh, I have a big list, but I will be short. You know. <laughs> Um, right now, we are focused on education. As I said, thanks to God, we had the chance to buy a piece of land. And our goal is to build a school. Our goal is to have this school for change the village. Not the life only the people, but all the villages. We want to have the kids from 8 to noon receiving the regular classes, give them lunch at noon, and then in the afternoon, to provide a training, carpenter, mechanic, electricist, something to them 
so they can have a better hope of life, a better hope of jobs in the community. We want them to rise, uh, growing in knowledge, growing in skills, but mainly we want to have them all day and teach the word of God. So our goal, our dream is to present to the community people with the skills, people with knowledge, and also people with love to God to make a better community around us. Thank you. That sounds really great. Are there other ways that we can pray as we turn to pray together? Yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, please, for our health. Uh, we are having some issues in health, and also we want to keep doing everything that we're doing. Uh, you know, maybe some of you know that I have a program, radio program, every, ma every Monday at 8 time in Guatemala. And for the pandemic, with all the churches were closed, the radio was the only church for the people. And it grows, I will say, crazy, because people from Miami, New York, New Jersey, Las Vegas, San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, Portland, Oregon, New Hampshire, all around, and in many places in the states that speak Spanish are now connecting by the radio. Every Monday, people around Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. So thanks to God for this ministry that we are having every, every Monday. And a lot of people say, I don't attend any church. The only way I hear the word of God is through the radio. So please keep us in your prayer that we can keep with this ministry. Thank you. Um, let's join together in prayer now for Pastor Giovanni and his ministry. Let's pray together. Father, we are blessed to be part of your global body. We thank you for the family that we have around the world, brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for Pastor Giovanni from Ogli, their ministry there in Guatemala. We thank you for being able to partner with them. Lord, we ask that you would prosper this radio ministry, Lord, that we know that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of God. So we pray that you would use this, Lord, to bring people to faith. Lord, we do pray, as important as this is, that they would be able to connect to local churches, that they can be a part of a local body, and also hear your word preached locally as well and, and faithfully. Lord, we ask that you would continue to meet the material needs of the people there, especially through uh, Pastor Giovanni and those he's connected with, and even our, our connection. Lord, help us to know how blessed we are here to most of us not having to worry about our next meal and also remember those around the world that are not in the same situation. Um, Lord, we confess that we are so narrow-sighted often and we truly do have first world problems. Lord, help us to remember that this world is so much bigger and there's so much more that you're doing in the world. I pray that you would continue to bless their health, um, that you continue to um, keep them healthy and strong to do the minister, the ministry that you've called them to do for as long as they're able to do it. Lord, we pray that you would uh, help us as we um, are in partnership with them, help us to know how we can be a better, uh, better partners, better encouragement to them. And Lord, we um, pray that you would just bless their time here today, that we'd be a blessing to them as they're with us. Um, Thank you for just providing the opportunity for them to come back to the States and to visit ministry partners. And, um, and Lord, we are just thankful um, for your, your kingdom 
which is coming into this world through the message of the gospel, that salvation is in Christ alone. And Lord, help us to hasten the kingdom, for we know that you, you have said that when the gospel has gone to the ends of the earth, you will return, Matthew twenty four fourteen. So we pray that you would help us to be passionate for the spreading of the good news throughout the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to say something um, else, a little short. In the middle of the pandemic, when the time was hard, I received a call from John Quady. I know he's not here. And he called me and, and asked me, Gio, how can I help the people down there? And, and it broke me. Thank you. I say thank you, John, to, to think about us. And he sent us some money to buy food, and we immediately de delivered it on the village around. So I want to say this, and I know they are not it, but the Lord used them to bless us in the middle of the pandemic. John and Lisa Quady. Bong arm it. Isn't he strong? Oh, okay. I'm not going to repeat what he just said. All right, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open to 1 Samuel 29. As you're turning there, there is just a small pocket of rain this big. It's going to move right around the perimeter and then go on by. So, yeah. I know when we do these outdoor gatherings, too, everybody kind of trails off into the sky. So keep your attention on God's word. That'd be good for a brief time. Looks like it will miss us. So um, just note that the breeze feels good. It's good to have this outdoor gathering this last time together in the summer. Um, but it is certainly good to see all of you. Uh, we are going to continue our series. We have a couple more chapters left. In 1 Samuel, the king we need. So I'm going to read the 11 verses in chapter 29. You can recite this before I read it if uh, you remember it and it's not on a screen. So I have to do it from heart. And if, if you don't know the words, just pray this prayer. Let's say it together. Our pursuit is by the power of the Holy Spirit to be a biblically functioning community. We will not shy away from the word of God. We will embrace it as truth no matter how painful it is to our souls or how countercultural it is to our souls, we will follow the king into eternity. I'm going to read this passage from 1 Samuel 29, and we'll pray and then spend a little time in it. This is David on this journey. We're back to uh, following him. He's been with the Philistine army, picking up in verse 1 here. It says, Now the Philistines had gathered all their forces at Aphek, and the Israelites were encamped by the spring that is in Jezreel, as the lords of the Philistines were passing on by hundreds and by thousands, and David and his men were passing on in the rear with Achish, the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me now for days and years? And since he deserted to me, I have found no fault in him to this day. 
But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him. And the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Send the man back that he may return to the place to which you have assigned him. He shall not go down with us to the battle, lest in the battle he became an adversary to us. For how could this fellow reconcile himself to his Lord? Would it not be with the heads of the men here? Is not this David of whom they sang to one another in dances, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been honest, and to me it seems right that you should march out and in with me, out and in with me in the campaign, for I have found nothing wrong in you from this day of your coming to me this to this day. Nevertheless, the lords do not approve of you, so go back now and go peaceably, that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. And David said to Achish, But what have I done? What have you found in your servant from the day I entered your service until now, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord and the king? And Achish answered David and said, I know that you are as blameless in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. Now then rise early in the morning with the servants of your Lord who came with you and start early in the morning and depart as soon as you have light. So David set out with his men early in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. But the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Well, if you were able to follow along with that narrative, um, you'll understand a little bit about where David is with the army of the Philistines. And uh, they don't want him there. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to pray. I'll ask that you pray silently. If you've never done that, just ask God to speak through his word. I'll pray for us collectively. Let's do that now. Father, we do thank you for your word, for it just being read and what you can do as it is opened up and read and heard. And Father, we thank you for it. It changes lives. It comforts it encourages us it convicts us of sin and ultimately i pray it points us towards jesus and then so we we just pray that you would move among us by your spirit that as we spend time briefly in this passage that we would learn and grow and we would know jesus and if we know him already to follow him more faithfully and if there is one that doesn't know him that they would know him powerfully in salvation today we pray these things in his name and all god's people said Let me begin by asking you a question this morning. What is your view of God? Is he too big or is he too small to you? Do you think of God as too big for us? Or do you think that he is not big enough in your life? Is God so big that he can't possibly be concerned with the details of your life? Or is he so small that you are just not convinced that he cares for and is in control of all the details of all the circumstances of your life and everyone else's. I want to just read this passage. Many of you know it well as we kind of launch into understanding what is happening here in 1 Samuel 29. Uh, This was the heart of David, and we know this passage, Psalm 23, very well, but I want to read it because it helps us understand That question, who God is, is he big or small? In Psalm 23, as you know it well, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I read that because Psalm 23 speaks about the proximity of God to his creation, to his closeness as David understood it and acknowledges a father who he can be in relationship with. So God must not be too big for us, so far off from us, but we also note that he also must not be too small either. His power transcends high above us. He is vast, as we read about earlier from the texts Matt read. No one can measure his greatness or the depths of his wisdom or knowledge. His judgment is unsearchable and his ways inscrutable, which means in that word inscrutable, impossible to understand or comprehend. But he's also imminent. This holy God who has all this power to control all the details desires relationship with us, presently close by his spirit and revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we take that thought into the passage we read in 1 Samuel 29, and you say, well, why? Well, because in this text, its meaning and application is not so evident. It's not so obvious, rather. What is striking about this text is it barely mentions or references God's name other than by Achish, who is, in fact, a pagan. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't worship the God, but it is him who mentions Yahweh's name briefly. It's like many Old Testament narratives. It's somewhat a strange recorded account in which most, most of us, having just heard it, said, well, how are we going to draw application from that? But you have to remember, as the case with every passage in the scriptures, it's part of a larger whole, a larger story, and therefore has meaning. We have to understand a bigger picture in what seems a very mundane event in David's life. We understand that because our life is filled with mundane events. But God is very evident working in the background of David's deliverance, making his presence known. You see, David is found here with the Philistine army. It's kind of an interjection back into his story. If we've been through the last several weeks, you know, we highlight Saul and then we move to David. And then that story is interrupted and you're back to Saul like last week. And then we're back to David. And, And the author is intentional of this because he's providing stark contrast between Saul and David. Saul who does not know the Lord and David who does know the Lord and he is present even though he may not be seen there. We know last week Saul left to go see a medium, a necromancer, one that consults the dead and he left at night to go see her and then he left in the middle of the night with his men in darkness. And here David we find is in the middle of this chaos with the Philistine army in which he's with his Hebrew men marching over to kill, essentially to battle with Israel, his people. He's deceived Achish and blended in out of fear because he thought he'd lose his life. And here he's in the middle of that. At the end of the passage, as we read, he leaves during the day. We see the stark contrast there. The lords of the Philistines, though, catch on to this approach David is making, Achish is allowing, wondering why he will allow David and his men to be a part of their army. He says, what are these Hebrews doing here in verse 3? And Achish is interestingly quick to defend David and his loyalty, but the leaders aren't buying it. They want him sent back. Why? Because every young Philistine kid 
in elementary school, Ekron knows the song, right? David or Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Even the Philistine kids knew that anthem, if you will, that David is dangerous. Why do we want him with us? And so they don't want to be ambushed from within. Now what is interesting is Achish in the strings David this news and says, hey, these guys don't want you here. You need to go. And he swears by the Lord living. Do you see that there in verse 6? He says, as the Lord lives, you have been honest. And to me, it seems right that you should march out with me in the campaign. It's interesting that Achish, someone who does not believe in God, who does not worship Yahweh, gives credit to the living God in this passage. But all the same, the people or the leaders of the Philistines don't want him. Now, David hasn't done anything to bring the Philistines harm. He is deceiving them. He has retreated there, if you remember earlier chapters, because he is fearing the Philistines that they would kill him. And so he finds himself in the middle of their army thinking that's his best bet. That was born out of his own wisdom. And he did not lean on God's wisdom and understanding in that. And that's a good time to pause in the story here to acknowledge all the times we've been foolish ourselves and stepped into quite a mess we've created for ourselves. You ever been in a situation like that? Foolish and in a mess that you created? Yeah, me neither. I didn't think with this bunch that was probably going to relate well. But you get it, right? Caused by his own hand, he's now in the middle of this mess because he relied on his own understanding, and here he's found. Which leads us to the first of the three points that I'll make this morning is that his presence, God's presence, is quiet. What do we learn about God in this text is that God's presence is quiet sometimes. As said, while there is no mention by David, at least in relation of God's name in this passage, other than those alluded to Achish himself, we know that God must be very present. His spirit was on David. His hand was clearly moving behind the scenes in the tapestry of David's life as it has been the entire time. And yet you and I, when we read passages like this, we often miss it because it's not always so blatantly obvious, just as it is when God moves in the background of our lives and you and I say he's just not near or present. He doesn't do it the way that we want or the way that we think he ought to move. When I go back in my personal life, I have to wonder at all the ways that God worked. I have to look back and I see it. I didn't see it at the time, but I go back and I say, man, God was working there. But in real time, for many of us today, you might say, I just don't see what God is doing in this. You know, sometimes Carrie and I, the rest of our family, feel very much like that with Josiah's life. The little boy struggles in different ways. And we pray constantly for a breakthrough, for his smile to return, and it gets exhausting. And you just say, God, where are you in this? Are you listening in this? But when you go backwards, you can see God's hand of faithfulness. You can see how he was working. But in the moment, that's where it's difficult. And this is so true of many of us here this morning. Many of us are like David in the middle of an interesting season. I would say a trial here, a valley in which he's not quite sure if God is near. Perhaps you feel this morning as you came that God is not even paying attention to you at all. 
you've prayed and sought the Lord for wisdom and seek some sort of clarity or sign, and I put that there because we so want God to show up in some visible burning bush sign to remind us of his presence and direction, and yet we often think he's so distant, so far off. You feel him to be quiet. If you feel him, rather, to be quiet, I'm here to remind you that sometimes he is. But that doesn't mean he isn't there, that he doesn't know. That tests the measure of our faith, doesn't it? And agrees with James 4.8 when it says that we are to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. And it's not some game of hide and seek, but it stretches our faith to believe that which David believed in Psalm 23. Verse 4, we read it, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, tangible identifiers of God's presence, they comfort me. Commentator Dale Ralph Davis challenges us to look backwards when he asks this about David's situation and ours. As you ponder the ground you've traveled, the murky stuff the Lord has carried you through, the twists and turns of your life, can you not see glimpses of silent mercy or quiet care? There was no noise or tempest, but Yahweh was there, but not obviously. You see, wouldn't it be easy if God, just like a television commercial, just displayed before us all that was going to happen tomorrow and all the days of our lives ahead? Wouldn't it be just easy if he just showed us all of this information, right? That'd be easier, right? But God doesn't work that way. He doesn't always declare it. He allows us to actually discover it. Think about it. If you have to wrestle in your faith for it, if you have to struggle, as many of us struggle to see God's hand in what he's doing in our lives, there is far more likelihood that you will be led to intelligent worship of a holy God than if you didn't have to go through that process. If you didn't have to wonder or think about all that God was doing, if he just showed you in advance, you would never have to trust him in the way that would lead you to worship him for his faithfulness. To see how God delivered David from his predicament with the Philistines, only God could have done it the way he does it in this text. You see, his present may be quiet, but we have to know that it is present, which leads to the second point. If his present is quiet, his ways are surprising. What's interesting about this whole event is that I do think it comes as sort of a shock to David that, that the Philistine lords are telling Achish, hey, we want this guy out. David could not have predicted that that was his door of escape. When told to leave by Achish in verse 7 to go back to where he came from peaceably, what is David's response? It's kind of a strange one. He asks, why? What have I done? Here he's proclaiming his innocence. Yet again, we've seen this before, and we would think David would say, oh, you don't want me here in the middle? of, Yeah, then I'll leave. But he, he kind of, it startles him. He's like, well, what have I done? I've always been honest with you. Now, we know that's not fully true because he's deceiving Achish. We don't know fully what his plan to get out of this, but God has been knowing all along. We can hardly believe the way God works to bring about these circumstances. And you say, perhaps David is trying to justify his position, we do that often or make himself feel like he did a right thing. Regardless, he has been given a way out. And who could have seen it coming? After all, who is it that acts as his deliverer here? Did you catch that? 
What instrument does God use to rescue David from his dilemma that he has gotten into himself? The leaders of the Philistine army, his very enemy. It's almost comical if you look at this, like God worked this out in this way. His very deliverer in the circumstance is the very enemy that he has been battling. It's back to Psalm 23 again, where our faith is stretched. In verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Sometimes God does prepare a table for us in the midst of his enemies, but other times God actually uses the enemies to prepare the table themselves for us. Did you see it? Matt read scriptures about God's judgments and ways earlier because they're true, and God's ways are not our ways. We know this from Isaiah 55. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. What you and I think about what God ought to do or how he may do something, God is so far above that so far beyond that in perfect love and righteousness. And we reminded in that scripture that his ways are unsearchable. God's wisdom, his justice far beyond ours. His ways in which he will do himself, do things to prove himself faithful are surprising and miraculous. And only he could author the story. Again, go back in your own life. I think of my own countless times in my life that I look back and I say, Only God could have authored it that way. That is not where I was heading. You've heard my testimony before, my journey to ministry. That was not the road that I carved out for myself. And God, in only the way that he could do that, brings about these situations in a way that only he could author. I read about a story this past week in my study about a Christian woman who was alone and without food. I think it warrants being shared. This Christian woman is telling her situation to her heavenly father as if he doesn't already know and and crying out to God for provision and asking for daily bread as she is without anything. Well, her neighbor, who is a professed atheist, overheard this situation, overheard her prayers and decided he wanted to have a little fun. So he went to the store and he bought two loaves of bread and set them on her doorstep. Well, you can imagine her elation and worship when she came to the door that God had delivered, that he had heard her prayers and he had delivered these two loaves of bread to her doorstep. Well, the atheist wasn't going to let God have the credit, so he went over to her and he said, I got to tell you, I was the one who bought those loaves of bread and brought them over to your doorstep. It wasn't your God that you pray to. He doesn't answer. He'll never answer. What was her response? Oh, it was God. He just used the devil to do it. You got to think about this. This is what's happening. This is what's happening in the story of the Philistines. David is caught in this trap and God uses his enemy, the evil of the Philistine army. They were after the children of Israel constantly, constant enemy, and he uses them to deliver David. Like, get this guy out of here. If you think about it, they should have just killed David and his men on the spot, but they let him go. Only God could do that. Now, this text certainly doesn't teach us what God will do for us exactly, uh, do exactly what he did for David, but it does challenge us to have faith that God works in ways far beyond our understanding. You simply have no idea how God will work. I had a brief moment this week where I was flipping through channels and the movie Facing the Giants was on. You remember that movie, that Christian movie? 
And the, the, the premise of it is pretty simple. The Eagles are going to play the Giants in the last championship game, and all the odds are stacked against them. They're small, and the Giants are big. And there's this young kicker, David, that he's supposed to kick for the winning you know, field goal. He's supposed to kick this, like, 50-some-yard field goal for a high school kid. He's a pretty small kid. Of course, the wind changes direction. I'm just hooked into this. You're watching this. We understand all the parallels here. Here he makes the, the field goal, and they're in the locker room afterwards, and the coach is just going through the locker room. What's impossible for God? Nothing, coach. What's impossible for God? Nothing, coach. Hey, how about you? What's impossible? You get it, right? Gives you chills, doesn't it? Maybe just me? What's impossible for God? Makes me think of three, even just women in the Bible, right? The story of Abraham and Sarah. Sarah's too old to get pregnant, right? She laughs at God. After Abraham understands that they can't have children, goes to Sarah, we know, gets pregnant with Hagar, with Ishmael, God still promised a son that would be the promised seed, the, the seed of the covenant. And, and Sarah just laughs at him, I'm too old. What's impossible with God? We know that story in Samuel, Hannah, right? Who's barren, goes before the priest, Eli, crying out to God, barren, what's impossible with God? We know Samuel is born to her. And then Mary, right? We know in that, the gospel story, Mary, not even married. She's too virgin, if you will, right? What's impossible with God? You see, friends, his presence may be quiet, but it is present, and his ways are truly surprising. And lastly, his mercy is evident. Here David is found marching with the Philistines, caught in his own trap, he and his men, on their way to attack their own people at the side of these pagans. I mean, what was David's plan here? We can relate, right? When you get yourself into a royal mess only to cover it up with more messes that you make along the way. Again, I know this group can't relate. But maybe you lie on top of a lie to cover it up. Maybe you get yourself caught in a situation, you try to just go a different route, and then before you know it, you're in the middle of it, and you're just like, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of this. Think about David doing that, right? Relying on himself to get out of a situation, sometimes even deceiving others in the process. It was, after all, David who proclaimed just a few chapters back in 1 Samuel that God would deliver him when Saul hunted him down. Do you remember that? He said, it doesn't matter. God will either kill him, take him out. He'll deliver me. Only to be delivered by Saul in those times, God shows up. And then because David fears the Philistines, after that, he decides to join them. Why not the same faith in the moment? Well, because our faith is weak often. You and I get some things right, but we get some things very wrong. And yet, does God leave him to die in that situation? He does not. If you see anything from this text, you see the merciful hand of God in David's life, and I hope you see it in yours. God does not cast his children off because of their foolishness. He should, but he doesn't. And if he did, all of us would be in the trouble that we're in because of sin. But God has a remedy, an answer, a redeemer. We who are full of sin and unworthy of saving, and not only saving, but of blessing, are redeemed in Christ. Think about that. Given the Spirit, 
born anew, set apart, and then given an inheritance one day to accept in future glory. Do you understand that? Do you understand what God has done by his grace and mercy? We are saved, not of our own works. It is a gift of God. Just as Giovanni talked about making that known, do you know what God has done for you in Jesus Christ? God should leave us to our own foolishness, but because of his merciful hand, he sent his son to be the savior of the world. You see, David was a great warrior and a king to be. He had slayed his tens of thousands, but he was also an idiot at times. And you have to acknowledge that in the story. David is just as sinful as you and I, even a man after God's own heart. He trusted in his own wisdom. He made silly mistakes relying on himself rather than God. And what David really needed in this story was to be saved from himself. Not from the Philistines, but from himself. I know we can relate to that. And so friends, know today that David saw the merciful hand of God provide the way of escape for him from the Philistine army. And he provides the same for us. That if you have trusted Christ by faith, this is exactly what happens. David learned it that day, and I hope you and I who know Christ know the same. And I hope and pray that if you don't, that you would know that Jesus Christ is the only way out of our mess. Psalm 23, we go back to that again, because David had his confidence in this. He may not have seen it in the moment, he may have trusted in himself more, but it is why he was able to pen these words at the end of Psalm 26. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is what God has given to us. Your, your life may not be exactly like you thought it would be in this very moment. It may have heavy trials and burdens. It may have uncertainty and confusion. But know that God and his presence is quiet sometimes. It's not so obvious. Know that his ways, the ways that you could never imagine God would redeem a situation, bring you out of a situation, or help you see goodness in a situation, God can do because he's loving and he's good. And friends, his mercy is so evident to us and on us. We would be fools to miss that. So may we live with gratitude for the grace of God and the mercy he gives us in Jesus Christ because his mercy is truly more. Let me pray for us and then we'll sing a closing song together. Pray with me. Father in heaven, you are good and gracious and kind and you lavish on us love. Father, we thank you for who you are and Father, I, I do wonder how many of us act out out of weak faith that you must be too small to handle what's going on in our lives. And Father, I pray that you would remind anyone who's struggling with that right now of your, your presence, of your power, of your might, of your love and faithfulness towards those who you have claimed and redeemed towards those who maybe you have not yet done that, but you are drawing them to yourself. And Father, I pray that you would remind them that you are very aware of the details, that you are very present, that we ought to, as James says, as I said earlier, draw near to you and you will draw near to us. That is a command and a promise. And so Father, I pray that we would believe it. 
I pray, too, that we would be in awe of you, as the theme of this morning has been to remember and look back, that we would look back at the way that your hand has moved in our lives. And, Father, that only you could have authored the story that way, that it would draw us to great praise, that it would draw us to wonder at how big you are, that you don't just do that for us, you do that for every person sitting here and every person in the world. God, you are that great and powerful. And Father, often our view of you is way too small. And so draw our hearts to worship this morning, that we would know that your mercy is very evident, that because of your goodness and kindness, you have looked on us with favor. And Father, as we sing your praises now, that we would recognize that your mercy is more than anything we could ask or imagine, that what you've done for us in Christ is more than we deserve and far more than we could ever understand. And so, Father, I pray that if there is one that still does not know you by faith and trust in Christ, that they would know what Jesus did at the cross, that he shed his blood for sinners, died a sinner's death, that he was buried and rose again on the third day, that all who believe in him would have eternal life. Father, to you be the glory forever and ever. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, let's stand and sing together. Page 36, His Mercy is More. All right, let's sing this together, Just Voices. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more.
I want to uh, close with a, a word of benediction from First Peter. Uh, but before I do, I want to remind you that we do have a pizza lunch that we're invited, uh, you're all invited to. Uh, that'll be served inside the commons area. And so as we dismiss, you can pack up all that you need to or leave it out here. I think uh, I'm the most reliable weather man you ever have heard of, right? It happened, right? Two or three drops. Yeah, I'll be on in the morning channel, whatever. Um, but uh, but 92? Okay, yeah, that's the one I don't get either. Um, in the comments, you can go. there. There's uh, juice, water, all that good stuff. There'll be pizza from Pizza Ranch. If you ordered gluten-free pizza, I'm told it's in the kitchen, so you have to go into the kitchen. So we'll serve through that front door. You can exit out the uh, north door here or the south. Either way, I want to read this from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, or chapter 2, rather. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called your darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I want to just pray for us as we go, pray for the meal that we're about to eat. You can bring that back out and have fellowship with the body here today. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for mercy in our lives. We are grateful for the good gifts that you give us, grateful for this day, for the weather holding. We know that is by your hand as you uh, hold back the rains in the heavens. And Father, we thank you for that so we could be out here. We thank you for the food that you have provided for us that we're about to eat together, about um, to share fellowship uh, with one another. Father, thank you for all the many ways you bless us. And may we know that you are a God of great mercy who takes delight in your children. Father, you have given us Jesus for life and salvation. May we honor him and follow him all the days of our life. And we thank you and we worship you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, have a blessed day. You are sent. Go and eat. <laughs>